Hey, good morning. Good morning. This is uh, Jack Kelly. Let's go live. Jack Kelly. And we have today a special guest out of the blue, Ruth Sturmer. Or the purple, so, as it were. <laughs> yes. So this is so cool because like Ruth just, you know, saw the 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 uh the title, you know, in terms of zero F's given. And Chris Sitting said to be careful, maybe I shouldn't use the actual full word, but whatever. And Thought the topic was good. So she said, hey, can I come on? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I like this vibe. And I'll put this out for other people too. If you see content that we're talking about and you say, I want in, let us know. We'll, we'll send you out a link. You could join. We'll have fun. It'll be cool. So today we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about zero versus given. And it's a provocative title, right? It's something that you look at and go, you know, wow. This person, is he trying to just be edgy? Is he being non-authentic by, by saying this to try, <laughs> to try to be cool? But no, see, to me, this is something what I try to do, what we try to do with these, with these LinkedIn Live slash podcasts is to delve into things that like you don't talk too much about. You know, you hear so much about here's the resume, make sure you have a firm handshake, all, like all the basic cliche stuff. But there's so much that goes behind the scenes. And but I've noticed that to succeed, to do well in your career, to do well in your life, you have to sometimes buck the trend. You can't follow what everyone else is doing. You have to, you have to go your own way. You want to be authentic. You want to be genuine. You can't really care what others are thinking. You can't censor yourself because you're worried. Oh, what are they going to say about me? Oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble. You have to stand by your convictions, do what you want to do, be the kind of person you want to be. And then as it gets to your career, similarly, we'll go through that, is that you want to go and do what's right for yourself and do what it takes to succeed. So the whole zero fucks given mindset is really to take control of your life. The ethos is to be yourself, to do what you want to do in a positive way, to be assertive in a, in a polite, persistent way, and not let anyone get you down. And don't let anyone take advantage of you. So that's kind of a little bit my take. But Ruth, you seemed interested. So I imagine you have a take on like how you know zero fucks given would apply to you and to maybe how you would advise your you know career clients about how to advocate for themselves. Well, it's not like you go through life and you just don't care about anything mm -hmm. or anybody. Really, it means that you you are yourself and you have, I guess, I don't know if it's courage, but you have the wherewithal to just make decisions that are right for yourself. And I think we judge ourselves a lot. You know, we start out in life and we pick a thing we want to do, right? We might go to college and get a degree. We might go to a trade school. We might, you know, some credential that helps us move forward to do something, right? And we're doing that. And then we go along and we go along. And suddenly we're feeling maybe like, I want a different job or I want to move up or I don't, I kind of don't really like this thing that I thought I really liked. You, you come to crossroads in your life sometimes frequently where you, where you want to make a different decision. And sometimes it's really easy to do that, but sometimes there's guilt associated with that because 
if you let's say you wanted to change sectors or you wanted to change the kind of work you were doing well let's say you have a family so you're thinking to yourself well i can't i can't leave this because the money's just too good you know um i can't uh i can't move because you know i'd be far away from my parents or or whatever it is and um or maybe there's just the guilt associated with with the fact that you picked the thing that you're doing because your parent was doing that. So you're following in their footsteps or, well, my family always thought I should do X and I should just keep doing X. Like, it's almost like that inner child just won't stop <laughs> with a lot of us, right? But priorities in our lives change. And I think life being as short as it is, it's okay for you to be happy and do the things you need to do and do them in your own style. Right. And, and it sounds like this sounds so obvious, like, well, yeah, of course, but really it's not that easy. People come to me every day feeling psychologically, I don't know, not tortured, but <laughs> kind of just some anxiety about this. I think you're so right because I see this all the time, you know, from, you know, 26 years now, you know, recruiting and speaking with candidates and hiring managers and, you know, it's also writing for Forbes. It's so, it's so obvious at this point that so many people are living lives of quiet desperation. Who, mm. Who's that? Emerson or Thoreau? One of those guys? I can't remember who said. Uh, yeah, and because they're doing, they're living a life that's not really theirs. It's their parents kind of push down their throat. You should be, mm. you know, a lawyer. You should be a this. You should be a that. And they feel okay. That's what I got to do to make them happy. And then also for society. So then look at me, I'm a big shot partner at a law firm, but I hate it and I'm miserable. And, and my life is, is just God awful because I'm working crazy hours. And, and you're like, did I, did, I really didn't want this. I wanted to do something completely else. And, but because of societal pressures, you're kind of funneled in that direction and you end up spending the vast part of your life doing something you really don't care about. And, and, or you did, and then yeah. now it's your 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 lens has changed, and you're feeling like mm -hmm. this is not this is not really doing it for me anymore. Like I don't feel challenged. I'm really bored. We got the whole bit of turnover in the company. There's new management. It's just not the place that I signed up to work at, right? Right. And then then you have that choice to say, okay, I'm only here at this job for six months, but my boss is just horrible, toxic micromanager. I know it's not going to look good on my resume to leave, but maybe say, you know, F it. I, I can't, I can't deal with it. I tried to speak to HR. I tried to speak to senior level and they're not doing anything. So I have no choice, but to leave because why should I be a punching bag? Why should I be unappreciated and take advantage of I got to do what's right. And even if it looks bad on the resume, even if it means when I go interview somewhere else, it's going to be an awkward conversation. I got to have the inner strength to say, I got to do what's the right thing to do and not just settle and be miserable. Right. Is that kind of. No, a hundred percent. But the other thing is, you know, everybody, I, I get this a lot and I'm sure you've heard this too, but, but I'm going to have a gap on my resume yeah. if I, you know, spend some time looking for a job. Or it's going to look weird if I do was doing that and now I'm doing this. And so I always tell people, look, it doesn't matter in these days the way it used to. Everybody has gaps and everybody has things happen to them. And I always say the people who are 
interviewing you for your next job, I guarantee you that a couple of those people were in the exact same position that you're in right now. And that's what they're thinking because they're looking at you and they're pulling for you going, oh my God, I know exactly how that person feels. I mean, they're not going to say that out loud, but I, they're thinking it. We're, 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 the, we're all the same, you know? Sometimes they even respect you more though, Ruth. It's interesting. Oh, because, sure. Because they say, I wish I did. Because oftentimes that fact pattern you just mentioned we, that we talked about where, okay, you're in a place and you, you know, need to move. And then you're worried about the gaps. Sometimes the hiring managers and the interviewers respect you because they feel I was in that space and I was too afraid to leave or to, to make a ruckus and say, Hey, you're not treating me fairly. And I just put up with it. So I applaud you. You know what I mean? So in a way it does, there's a little bound. We don't talk about that much. We talk about like, Hey, here's a gap, but there is a feeling. Cause I, I would even suggest this Ruth, like when you speak to like candidates and what have you, or just your client to hit back to them and say, Hey, well, like, were you ever in a position yourself? And let's say they're, they're hitting you up on the gap question you know, gap employment. Well, have you ever been in that situation where you had to decide That's do I stay idea. where I am or do I leave and what's the right thing to do? And I, I wonder if you push that back instead of having to be on the defensive, defending why there's a gap to put it to them. How, how would you react? What would you think? And not in, a, in an aggressive way, but just in a matter of fact way. And I bet you a lot of them would say, well, yeah, I, I would have to leave too. You know, to, to cover that, you know, to deal with that in a, in, a, in a nice, intelligent way where it makes the other person like, why am I such a jerk for grilling this person? Well, you know, because... you always go through that song and dance. Okay, what am I going to say when they ask me about my gap? Mm -hmm. um, the company took a different direction and I was not philosophically aligned or mm -hmm. they were changing the, the department, not doing what it used to do. And that's not my skill set. I mean, yeah, they're looking for something that they can make right. up to explain. What if we were just honest? I mean, what would that look like? You know? Right. It would make life much easier, right? It's like sure if you would. just say, hey, you know, my boss was just an ass. He sucked. He's terrible. I don't <laughs> want to say that exactly. But, but, but imagine that. How <laughs> life would be so much easier, right? If you could just say that and just, and then everyone could say, yeah, you know what? I know your boss and you're right. The, the worst. He's terrible. And then it's like life was so much easier because like we, we put on all these like pretenses and all this show. And this is what like I meant by the whole ZFG mindset is like dispense with that. Let's just get down to what really is happening, what's really going on. And like stop pretending and stop being real. <laughs> well, the other thing about interviewing that's so interesting is somebody said this once and I can't remember who where I saw this. Most people go into an interview like they're taking a test mm -hmm. and they had to cram for it and figure out what their answers <laughs> yeah. are going to be. And then they go yeah. in there hoping they have the right answer. My philosophy about interviewing is that it's supposed to be a conversation. It's, it's not supposed to be a quiz. Granted, there are interviewers whose style is very quiz-like. Mm -hmm. They have a list on a piece of paper and they're just going to ask you all the questions and they're hardly going to give you a chance to do anything that diverts from the thing they just asked you, which tells you a lot, by the way, about the company. But I always recommend that people go in there with the mindset that they have something to offer the employer. It's like, it's like when you're a consultant mm -hmm. and you are being hired to solve a problem. So you're going to go in there and investigate the problem and offer a solution. 
right? To try to get that, mm. get that gig. Well, it's kind of like that when you're a candidate too, because you seeing yourself as somebody who is really ready to contribute to help them succeed and talking about it that way really is a huge shift of mindset for people. Can I go back to something we talked about with doing doing jobs or doing things because of societal pressure? Looking back now, to me, it seems from like a social strata kind of thing, you have to go to college, have to go to a certain university, maybe go to the Ivy League and so forth, right? But then if you live in certain neighborhoods, like where I am in a Westfield and like a middle class, upper middle class, you know, more high end area. If your kid maybe doesn't want to do go that route, or maybe they have different skills than go to the trades, it's like, Johnny is going to go and be a carpenter. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. This is terrible. I, oh, you know that? Oh my God, he's not going to college. It's a big- there's, a, there's an excellent um, community college program where I used to live that helps high school students in in the STEM areas, uh, go work for Honda. Mm-hmm. And they become engineering technicians. And then Honda continues to train them so they can work there, stay there, you know, as they progress in their careers, right out of high school. And I can remember when it first started, there was a lot of it was it was hard in the beginning to get families interested in it because they wanted their kids to go to a four-year school period i mean that was it they couldn't get out of that paradigm to see any other path not not everybody but i mean they you know they didn't have as much response in the beginning as they hoped and i like to think the program's doing really well now it's a great program i think they could be more like that because it does seem where from the time let's say you and i went to college till now when we went there yeah, a lot of people went to college, but not every. It was it was still a smaller percentage. Now it feels like almost everybody is going to college. So then it seems to me like the degree is not worth as much anymore. And now you have too many people. And now for white collar mm-hmm. professionals, really super hard to find another job. And for recent college grads, it's horrible. Like in hindsight, I would have been probably better off for my son, right? To say instead of paying a fortune for tuition say, hey, maybe let's, you know, buy a whatever, a plumbing franchise, right? I'll make it up. I don't know what I would like. <laughs> and then with the money spent, you have a business and then maybe you get another plumbing business and then you buy another one. And before you know it, you roll it up and you have a nice big company. Um, and we don't think in those terms, right? Like that, it's an anathema to say, oh, you can't do it. Do plumbing, do carpentry, electrician? No, you have to do something white collar. And I think it's going to change. And, and I do see well, it yeah. changing, actually. Well, I was just going to say, you know, in my my first career was print journalism, and I actually became an education reporter. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that this discussion, this what you're saying right now, this talk has been going on since like the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it just keeps coming up. And I, I'm hopeful that one of these days it will actually catch on for real. But you already see companies like Google that are that are offering training um, 
and saying that you don't need a college degree. I think it has to change because hundred oh, percent. you can't go and spend 50, 60, 70, 80, $100,000 a year, you know, for tuition, room, board, graduate with a degree in anthropology. And now you work at, you know, Starbucks. It just doesn't make any sense because you can't pay back your tuition loans. You're stuck. You can't move out of your, you know, your parents' home and, and then you're miserable. And I think and that's really horrible for society because I think what's happening, you have a lot of people who are now like all in on socialism because I can't blame them because like, hey, this did not work out for me. I'm in debt. There's no way I could pay it off. I can't get an apartment. Apartment in Manhattan is $4,000. Can't get an apartment in Manhattan. I can't, you know what I mean? I can't go out and do stuff because I don't have the money for it. This is, we set these kids for failure. So like, it can't keep going this way. It doesn't oh, I know. Sense. And some of it's generational. I mean, you know, I, I've met a lot of people who've, who come from entrepreneurial families mm -hmm. where their families have had businesses. So for them to start a business is completely normal and natural. Yeah. And the family understands the ups and downs of business and what that's all about. But I like, I don't come from that kind of family. My, my parents have college degrees, you know, they were professional people. My dad was, worked as an engineer. My mom was a teacher. I mean, that is a, there's a very traditional way of looking at professional path. Mm -hmm. And I think each, it's probably going to change, you know, this young generation now are eventually going to become parents and their whole mindset is different, so, you know, kind of has to start there. But I also think that colleges you know, dare I even say this, you need to do a better job of, of helping students understand what a career life is and how, how do you have a career? How do you get into a career? What does that mean? How does earning a living relate to studying something in college or not? Who are you? In other words, because studying the humanities is a wonderful thing. I mean, I love that we need it but it's important to also understand that there are things you can do in your life to earn a living and be educated but we kind of don't do that right a hundred ruth i'm telling sort of separate things like we don't marry them together right i a hundred it's, it's like the biggest con game ever where you know, you have the label of this university. Ooh, wow, this is this like such a high. And I loved college. Ooh. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. And and they're they're like rolling out the red carpet for you to huh? come there, and you take all these courses in a certain area, but they don't then connect the dots and say, wait, you might love this major you're doing, but you're not going to make a living doing this. So wait, why why are you making me spend all this time and money, and I'm going to graduate, and it's like. I'm not, all right, maybe I know a lot about literature, but like, okay, I could have read a lot of books myself. And so yes, now you have there, this. But, but to be fair, there, there could be additional training attached to that literature degree. <clears throat> you can still get the degree, but you learn how to use the skills from learning that specific discipline to help you earn a living. See what I mean? Uh, yeah, but I don't think it's happening, unfortunately. Well, no, it isn't. I don't think it's happening. And also, way. to be fair, a lot of colleges do have courses that students can take on how to prepare for the job market, writing a resume, mm -hmm. interviewing. The problem is that they don't require them to graduate. So a lot of students don't take them. 
it's such a mess, right? It's like, this I, is, this, this is why I th- it's, it's, I think, and it's unfair because like you're 17 years old, 18 years old, you're, you don't like, you don't know enough to make these decisions. And then the parents, they're the ones I think that have like, they're, they're, they're driving it and they're thinking well, how it used to be and, and to do this and it's really becoming harmful. And that's why I think right now, you know, why I'm so passionate about this is probably why you're passionate about it as well and want to say, hey, let's get on the show and talk about it, that we have to start rethinking how this all works and how we advocate for ourselves and how do we, you know, grow our careers, how we move forward, how we make sure that we're not taken advantage of, that that we're appreciated at work. And if we're not appreciated, we have the confidence and the courage to take action. And I think that's something that we have to, I think that's moving forward the key to success, because if you're just going to show up and here I am as a worker, I think you're going to be screwed. It's just, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to have to really, really change the whole way you look at your life and your career. Well, I think we, I think we, we have traditionally, historically Mm -hmm. spent a lot of energy fitting ourselves to a thing Mm -hmm. rather than looking for a place that fits us. I'm not saying the, the kind of it's an, you have to meet each other in the middle, obviously, but people don't take enough time to understand who they are in the first place. What, what are my priorities? What's important to me? What, who, what's my personality like, right? Because we don't, we don't all like to do the same things. We we're not all good at the same things. And that's not a judgment. That's just a, an observation that's that's just a situation right i mean i i couldn't be in, in finance because the tedium of having to work with the math and do all the i i can't sit still and do that i can't do it <laughs> but i've been writing for a very long time and i the create creative part is what i love right i'm not right you see what i mean mm-hmm. it's just you have to know I don't think making a decision to go into something just because it pays well is necessarily the right way to view it, right? It's who am I? How, what do I want out of my life? And sometimes you need help to figure that out. You don't really know that when you're 18 or even 23. See, it would be really cool if you would have apprenticeships or be able to kind of try and before you buy it, like, I've done that when I got That's... out of college. I wasn't sure what to do. And I bounced around for different jobs because I really wasn't sure. And it was painful to do, to start and realize, hmm, I don't like it. And I got, I want to try something different and so forth. But then finally I stumbled on something that did resonate with me. And, you know, and then I fell into recruiting and I was really good at it. I always wanted to start my own business because similar to your parents, they were teachers and they had a very like tunnel vision of what, you know, what kind of jobs you would have. And when I, and I don't know why, but I, since I was a young kid, I always wanted to do my own thing and have my own business. And, and so somehow I fell into it, but it took a lot of failures of trying a lot of different things until I found this. And then also I wonder too, but when you get a bunch of failures, there comes a point where you're like, I'm not going to fail anymore. And I'm going to make this work, burn all the bridges behind me. This has to happen. So I, I wonder too, if that's something maybe and this is hard for folks to do, but it also is, is that whole ZFG mentality. Say, hey, I'm going to try 
Maybe I want to be a stockbroker. Try that. Oh, I hate this. It's not good. I want to try now. I'm going to do this. Oh, it didn't work out. I don't like it. Just keep cutting your losses and then moving on to till you find that one thing that resonates. Well, with that's you. that's certainly a way. To, that's certainly a, a strategy. But the other the other aspect is that you know just because you get into something mm -hmm. and you're in a certain field with a certain company doesn't mean there aren't other kinds of jobs in that company. I mean. I think it was last year, I met somebody who, who's very young in her career in accounting and mm -hmm. she likes the field, but she was just saying to me, um, I don't really like the job that I have. It's, it's dull. It's not kind of where I want to be. I don't know. Maybe I picked the wrong profession. And I said, whoa, I said, accounting is a huge field. I said, there's auditing, there's forensic accounting. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do in the field of accounting. It's huge. My advice to you is just to go look across your own company and see who, what some of the other people are doing. Ask someone uh, what tax work is like. Take someone for coffee and ask them what the auditing department does. Don't, don't, don't just walk away, you know, mm -hmm. see, see what there is to offer. See, and that's that's a great way of using that ZFG kind of mindset rather than just saying, oh, um, I'm not happy doing this, but I don't want to make waves. But to say, wait, let me look and see what else I could do within the organization. Let me ask around. Let me, you know, see, hey, can I find a mentor? You know, maybe I could find a coach, maybe a sponsor, you know, find somebody who could kind of be, a, you know, I could be their protege and help me out. So really to, and that's exactly Ruth, what, like we're talking about, find a way not to just settle and say, oh, I have this job, I'm paid okay, but I'm not happy, I'm stuck. Instead of doing that to say, hey, I like the company, I like the environment, not exactly what I'm doing now. I'm going to take that chance and push a little bit to see if I could get happier and find that thing that I want to do. Yeah, mentorship is great. Um you know, I don't think enough people take advantage of this, either as a mentor or a mentee. Um, it's a great thing to get to know other people in your company and, uh, you know, be able to go to them and, mm -hmm. and discuss things with them and say, I'm working on this thing and I'm kind of having, an, you know, problem understanding it, or I wish there was a better way to do this or it's something, you know, you can have a personal conversation and they, or you can just tell them how you're feeling. And then the person might say to you, hmm. You know, when I, when I was starting out in my career, this was my experience mm -hmm. and this is what I did. And it can be a great thing, you know, but I think people have, I don't know, maybe it's just a false perception, but it seems like people just are, are reluctant, especially younger people to talk to other people, to just approach them and to try to start a conversation if they don't know the person already. Is this, am I wrong on this no not at all because it's scary it's scary for a lot of people it's scary to go whether let's say in an office environment just to to go and just start engaging in a conversation and get small talk going and having some chit chat it's hard for a lot of because people they're they're all on texting they don't yeah. <laughs> i mean look yeah. i'm not hey if, if anybody's watching this i i'm not this is not a judgment this is just a different mode of communication that I'm that I'm acknowledging and I just think it's different to try to start a relationship with somebody that way than it is to talk to them in person there's just different a different vibe there mm -hmm. that you somehow have to figure out 
you know? Because it's, it's figured to be in their shoes as let's say, not even a younger person, going to be a middle-aged person. Oh, oh, of course. You know, yeah. Sometimes even for people who are of a certain age, it's even harder because then they're embarrassed. Like, oh, I'm 45 and now I got to ask somebody, can you be my mentor or can you help me do this? And, you know, the, the, the undercurrent is like, true. why yeah. can't you do it yourself? You're a grown ass man, do it yourself. But it's, so it's, it's never ending. And that's, this is goes right back to like the core of what we're talking about. You, this is why it's so important to say, you know what, F the norms and what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do and just find what do I want? What am I passionate about? What am I excited about? What can I make a nice living at and be happy doing it and have some purpose and have some meaning and go after it. And, and if I get rejected, okay, I'll try again. And if I get rejected, I'll try again. What's the worst that's going to happen? Not to say no, right? They say no. And that's it. That's the whole well, thing. Get out there and start, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're one of those people watching this and you're going, oh my God, that's me. I, I recommend that you just start, you know, don't, don't rashly just quit your job, go out there and start talking to some people who do the things that look interesting to you, you know, ask, buy them a cup of coffee or get on a zoom or get on the phone or whatever you have to do. And just ask them questions about what they do. How did they get there? What's the, what are their days like? Um, and then you can say to them, huh, you know. Now, I'm kind of interested in what you do. Here's mm -hmm. my background. What is your advice about how I could start doing what you're doing? And then you'd be surprised. People are very interested in talking about their own fields. Who, who asks them? You know, you, know, you hit on something that I, I found out early on that's so wild. If you ask somebody about, like, if I say, hey, Ruth, can you tell me about what you do? You know, what's your job like? What? Most people, this is my take on it. Most people couldn't care less what someone else does. They're not interested, right? Especially your family, friends, they don't yeah. care at all. So then if you actually ask somebody what they do, how do they get there, all that kind of stuff, and you actively listen when they tell you, that person is in love with you because you're the only person who's actually, you know what I mean? Tell, you know, uh, you know speaking, say, hey, here's what I do. Here's what I'm about. And the hardest part is to get them to stop talking about everything because right, they're so exactly. excited. They're so excited about you know, sharing because no one else listens. So yes, yeah, so the people because who are that, reluctant, they're going to be happy to talk to you. They want to share. Well, one of the most important things I believe in human relationships is seeing each other, yeah. really seeing each other and acknowledging each other. It's gold. I mean, it's true about customer service and sales and, and, you know, professions where you're um, in where you depend on other people. It's really being interested in other people is just super important because loneliness is such a pervasive thing mm. now, you know, and that's a whole other topic, but yeah. And I have to, I hate to say this, but I have to get off of this live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was fun. So I'm glad yeah. we did this on the, so everyone here, we did this on the fly. Ruth just yeah. saw the topic and was like, Hey, I want in. And she jumped in and this is awesome. And I love your take on it. This is fantastic. Good luck with that. Uh, I love yours. Right? <laughs> well, thank you. It's always great to be on here with you and talk to you. Oh, my, anytime. This is awesome. And and for the people listening here, if you want to jump on, I think this would be a fun thing to do. Like have people pop on and it'll be kind of cool. You, and we're doing it like organically. So it's cool. Right. So oh, it's great. yeah. It's not scripted. It's not whatever. This is just <laughs> real. So thanks, Ruth. All right. Have a great day, okay. everybody.
All right. So, hey, Chris, now it's just you and I. Ruth is on. Bigger, better things. We're gonna, we'll, 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 we'll keep forging forward. What do you think so far? You know, it's interesting when you talked about um, just now when people ask you what you do. My friend sent me like a quote that I thought was really interesting. And it said, people ask you what you do for a living so they can calculate the level of respect to give to you. And I think that goes into what we were talking about um, as far as like how people like the societal norms. I don't, I'm just, I'm processing that. I never like thought in that way. So that in other words, like if somebody is like, I'm an investment banker, Goldman Sachs, now you're going to treat that person differently than you would have if you didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I or they'll guess. just differently. Hmm. I guess I. It, there is a lot of that. Let's be frank. Okay. So let's say your friend said, okay, this person's a you know investment banker at Goldman Sachs, or this person works on the factory making GM trucks or whatever. You're going to make judgments right right away on both of that and yeah. how you're going to act towards that. And you even see that when like how someone treats like a secretary mm-hmm. as opposed to they treat the boss. There's a difference in in like how they view you and, and then the amount of respect that they give to you. It's but interesting. I have, yeah, I, I had a question for you. How can you start adopting this mindset? Because as you mentioned, it's not easy. So are there incremental steps that you can take to um, to test the waters and incorporate this mentality into your daily life, like setting boundaries? Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. And I would say this. I think the first thing you want to do is think of yourself like, what do you want? What do you, whether in life, at work, like what's important to you? Where do you see yourself? And once you kind of at least have a sense of where you're going, then you can start putting things into action. So what I mean by that is, let's say you're within the company and and like Ruth was saying, but you don't want to leave, but you want to grow, but you don't really like your boss or where you are. You want to kind of advance. So now, you know, hey, I like this company. I like the culture. I like the people. The job I'm in now is not so great. So now I got to be bold enough to say and try to find out who are decision makers that I can go to and let them know, hey, I love the company. I love the people. I love the organization. However, I feel a little stagnant where I am now, but I want to grow in advance. Can you help me? Can we do this? Can we figure something out? Can we job craft something for me? And try to make it happen. Um, maybe you go to HR, maybe you go to your boss, maybe you go to your boss's boss, and that takes some risks because then they got to worry, is this person going to be a flight risk because he's asking these questions? But I think that's an example of just starting out and advocating for yourself and saying, hey, I want to do better. I want to, I have goals I want to achieve. And if I don't stand up and let people know about it, nothing's going to change. I love that. And I think it's important to stress that the zero F's given mentality doesn't mean that you need to act haphazardly or be reactive. It's an aggressive term. So people might think it requires mm-hmm. aggressive action. So if you're in a bad situation with a toxic boss, 
You can still stealthily look for a new job and leave when you find new employment. The empowerment doesn't lie in you storming out, but rather it's in your decision to leave. Exactly. It's almost the, you know, in a way, it's almost the opposite of what you feel when you hear like ZFG, because it's like, it, that sounds like a very arrogant kind of thing, but it's just the opposite. It's more of letting go, letting go of all these societal trappings that wrap you up and get you caught up in things and, and, and tie you down from being who you really want to be and what you really want to do. And, and just stepping away from it and not caring. So let's say you decide to be a blue collar worker and, and, you know, build out the best electrician, you know, electrician business in New Jersey, you're not going to, you're going to black, you know, put aside all the people like, Oh, but you're not going to college. I don't understand. And hey, that's cool. It's good. Might be good for you to do. But hey, I'm I I prefer to go this route. No anger, no fighting and arguing. Just hey, this is what to me. I'm drawn to this. I want to do this. I'm excited about doing it. And I get everybody else is going in a different direction. But that's fine. Good for you. You know. And I hope you all succeed. But I'm gonna I'm gonna blaze my own path. So it's it's this letting go of all these strings that are attached to you and everything you're supposed to do and going in lockstep and just saying, no, I'm going to be a little different, but not be different for the sake of being different, being different to say, hey, I, I just want to live my unique life the way I want to live it on my own terms, how I want to be treated, what I want to do every day, what, what I want to wake up and feel energized and motivated and excited you know, for what I'm going to do. So it, it's, and I, so I think it's just having that thought process and then using it in different circumstances to, to, to double check, Hey, am I doing this just because I feel obligated to do it? Or am I doing this because I want to do it? I'm passionate about doing it. I love that? that taking control and letting go of whatever doesn't serve you with bare minimum Monday and acting your wage. Would you say those are zero F given mindsets or was that the intention, but it's very misguided? I, I, I think it's, it comes from a wrong, I, I think it comes from a space that's not healthy. They're mm -hmm. coming from a space basically saying, F this company, you know, you guys suck. And I'm just going to just, just, just do the basic minimum, drag my feet, quiet quitting, you know, just, just just you know, going on, just doing whatever it can so I don't get fired. That's that's not healthy. It's not a good attitude. It doesn't mean that you have to be in the, in the office at six in the morning and work all night and weekends, but it does, you gotta feel something. If you're gonna be spending so much time working, you might as well enjoy what you do or at least feel comfortable with it and like it and, and get some meaning. And I think with all those TikTok memes, you know, Bare minimum Monday, act your wage, all that kind of stuff. It starts from a negative point of view. Like, like it's almost like a, you know, stick it to stick it to the bosses and all that. I mean, mm -hmm. it makes you maybe makes you feel better, but like all day long, you're just gonna simmer. It's not healthy. Yeah. It's funny because when you hear Xerox given, you think of, I don't know if you know this meme where it's like the guy just like throwing the papers up in the air and it's like zero f's but it's not that it doesn't mean being lazy or doing a bad job it just means to worry less and how much could we all benefit from just worrying less 
right? Especially in, in what's going on now. I mean, like anxiety, stress, pressure is a, a fever pitch. So yeah, you want to, you want to kind of bring it down. You want to, you want, so, so the less stress, less anxiety is better because everybody's amped up. It's wild. Everybody is just like a hair trigger. It's nuts. How do you maintain the likability and charm in the workplace without like burning bridges and making enemies? Or sometimes is that necessary? You know, I'm not a fan of making enemies for the sake of enemies. It's easy to do actually. Mm-hmm. It's very, and, and, and the younger version of myself, I've definitely made lots of enemies because, you know, you, you know, maybe you speak your mind a little too much. Maybe you get a little too aggressive. Maybe you get a little too angry about asserting yourself and all that. But then, you know, as you get older and maybe sometimes a little wiser, you realize, wait, I could still get the same message across without being a jerk by just being polite keeping in control of your emotions. If someone says something that you really don't like or disagree with, instead of just firing back right away, process it, give it some space, maybe inquire why is that person coming across strong? Why, like, are you okay? You know, you come across very angry and aggressive towards me. Is there something I did or said? Is there something going on in your life that maybe is bothering you? Let's talk about it. So I think it's 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 important to start taking yourself to that higher level. Because lately, what I see, whether you're on TikTok, whether you're on X Twitter, um, there's so much just 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 arguing and fighting, and nothing ever gets done. And then in real life as well. So if you could stand above that and just control your emotions, rein them in, don't have knee-jerk reactions when things happen, don't immediately react. Try to find out what that other person is going through because you don't know what they're going through. It makes it much easier to make better connections, to move forward, to progress, to build relationships, to grow your career. Um, and it takes a while to do that. And, it, and it's not easy because a lot of people are angry. A lot of people, and this is going to sound harsh, get their pleasure from bringing other people down. It makes them happy to drag them down. Or if they're going down, they like to drag people down with them. So. Another thing to know, not everybody has your best interest at heart at all, but this is what it is. It's a game. And then you start, as you, as you get along in your career, you're going to realize these are games people play and you just have to be smart enough to either play the game better or sometimes avoid these games and go a different route so you don't get caught up with that. And I think with this mindset, there's an understanding that everything is temporary so pe- that stops people from overanalyzing and carrying around like this excess baggage. And that's something I think job seekers could benefit from where they don't bring in that anger, bitter, bitterness and resentment into an interview. And even like a worker with this mindset, they're probably more able to leave a bad day at the office and not bring those problems home or they're not second guessing their work because they're, they're just confident in who they are. 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, and I think having this attitude, next time, let's say you, you're looking for a job and you see, let's say on LinkedIn, 500 people applied. Don't let that bother you. Send your resume anyway. And if you really like that job, see if you could find someone who knows someone at the company to help you through. If like when we're talking with Ruth, if maybe you're in a job and you're not happy there, rather than putting up with a, like a really horrible, toxic micromanaging boss, say, hey, trying to do better, work this through, it's not working. I'm gonna, I'd rather leave and just talk about a gap on my resume than just, just have a horrible mental health issue because it's just terrible to work there. And these are tough decisions to make a lot of times. But these are things that if, if you have the courage to, of your convictions, you know, you start doing that. Um, you know, it could be that, you know, if you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I always wanted to be fill in the blank type of job. Say, hey, you know, I might have to take a few steps back. But I think that'll make me happy. And I think in the long term, it'll make me successful. So I'm going to have that courage to pursue it even though I might be 30, 35, 40, 45, 55, I'm still going to kind of do it. So I think having that mindset frees you up and not having to worry about what are the neighbors to say? What are your family is going to say? What are your friends going to say? And just find the right path for you, put on blinders and then just go for it and not worry what other people are going to think. Because if you just worry about people, what people are going to think, it, 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 you're not going to be you. And, and you get caught up in this and you're not going to, you're not going to be happy and you're not going to be successful. Yeah. It's like Ruth said, it all comes back to courage, I think. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard. It's hard. It'll take time. And, and, and it's learning like anything else. You know, some people are just natural at things, others not. But if you're not, you just work at it. You know, you work at, you know, let's say you, you want to speak with your boss about, you know, a promotion or moving up in the organization, um, maybe role play, how this would, you know, work out with some people, you know, Google, go on AI platforms to find out, hey, how can you talk to your boss without getting fired? But try and do it. And, and just don't throw up your hands in despair, but just go for it and keep moving forward. And don't worry about how others are going to judge you. And I definitely think this mindset comes as you get older. I would say in my 20s, I was crippled by like what other people thought of me. But in my 30s, I've gotten better at discerning, mm -hmm. recognizing when something is more about a person than it is about me. I'm able to tell like, oh, they're just projecting. This isn't, this isn't about me. This is about them right now. So I do, I do think it does come with getting older and wiser. Yeah, did you find do you find sometimes still that you worry about saying or doing something like how are people gonna think of me? What are they gonna say? Oh, for sure. Like I'm in no <laughs> way perfect. I'll reread an email like a million times before I send it because I don't want to give off the wrong tone. Or on the other end, when you receive an email, you're like, what did this person mean when they wrote this? And then, you know, sometimes a bad day is harder to shake off than than other days. So you know, I'm not quite there yet, but I have gotten a lot better, I would say, since my early 20s. Mm -hmm. So, so you're getting better, like, instead of immediately saying, how dare they? What, why are they attacking me? To like, wait, 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 let me reread it a few times. Maybe they're not. Or let me just 
respond back and say, huh, I'm not really sure about this email. Can you, can you explain what you really mean? Yeah. Or sometimes just like leaving it alone and, and then just accepting like, this isn't worth like my energy or time. Yeah. And it's not easy, right? None of this is easy. It's right. It all takes a lot of work. Yeah. I think it, it, it does come from like a confidence, like within yourself, like knowing who you are, because when you know who you are, no one can tell you who you are. That's good. I love that. I think we should wrap up on that. That's cool. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I think that's really what it boils down to, right? Definitely. Uh, well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ruth. Um, I think this is a really cool show. And I love the fact that we could just do this organically on the fly and riff and add value. And so I hope for everybody watching, you've learned something that this was interesting and maybe a little uplifting and give you some confidence to do what you want to do. And you just needed that little push a little nudge from us to help you start getting there. And as always, if you have any questions, let us know. Chris puts up, you know, what, what the topic is and you could definitely write whatever questions you have or comments, or if you want to be a guest or you have a topic to recommend or you need some help, you know, let us know. That's what we're, that's why we're doing it. So we're trying to help as many people as we can. So I appreciate you watching early in the morning. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks everybody. And have a great day.